0: Welcome to Christian Faith Center Caldwell Campus Podcast. Our prayer is that you are blessed and encouraged by this message. For more information, you can visit experiencecfc.com. God bless. Amen. Whew. Come on. Who is excited to be in church this morning? I'm excited to be here. You know, Easter is a special time. Where um, families have different types of traditions, what they do on Easter. Uh, Some cultures, they'll paint eggs, make little cute eggs that they hand paint. Our culture, we hide eggs, thousands of eggs all over the city and have our kids go find them. Sometimes we throw candy out of an airplane. We dress up like bunnies. We run around. We do different things. Maybe it's a tradition for you to come to church. I mean, this is the day that you come to church. First time this year, right? Amen. God, Jesus is risen. One guy was at. One guy said, "Man, I don't know what the problem is. Every time I come to church, either Jesus was born or Jesus risen." You'll get that on the way out, some of you. Well, um, I'm so glad that you can join us today for Easter, and uh, we're going to take a look at the Easter story from a different perspective today. We're going to take a look at the Easter story from the perspective of Mary. We just saw in this uh, intro video as Mary there at the tomb. And I want to read a scripture that we find in John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. John chapter 20. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or look on the screens, follow along. I'm going to go ahead and read this. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear women, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She asked, she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear women, why are you crying? Jesus asks her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener, sir. She said, "If you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him." Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, "Rabbi," which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but will. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for scripture. We thank you for this recorded story that we can look back 2,000 years later and receive for ourselves direction in life. Father, we're so thankful that you gave your only begotten son. We're so thankful that he not only died, but he rose from the grave. We ask you, God, speak to our hearts by your spirit and by your presence. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I got a baby repeating after me. Come on, out of the mouth of babes. (laughs) You know, whatever perspective we have of Easter... If we do have a tradition of coming to church or setting up Easter eggs, someone on the out of, after the first service on the way out told me that they got a ham in their in their Traeger and they're on their way home. It made me salivate in my mouth a little bit. I want some smoked ham, you know, after church. But whatever tradition we have, good tradition, hanging out with friends, uh, doing different things, um, we. When we start looking at the Easter story and the original Easter story, we can't help but realize that Easter actually started in a cemetery. You guys realize that? Easter started in a cemetery where there was a dead end. Usually in a cemetery, there's no one alive in a cemetery. It's usually dead, and then, bam, the resurrection happened, life became. You know, sometimes the greatest things start in the midst of what seems dead and what seems to not have a way out. If you're taking notes, that's a good one to write down. Easter started in a cemetery. You know, the prevailing posture, the way Easter started, the prevailing posture of the first Easter wasn't one of faith, which is hard to believe because now we celebrate with a faith perspective. Easter actually started with the prevailing posture of, you ready? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Mary does a double take into the grave. I can't believe it. We see her. She's really, she's just dumbfounded of what's going on. You know, growing up as a child, I grew up in Vancouver, Washington. We, uh, this place that we lived in was actually near a cemetery. You know, they're good neighbors to have because they're always quiet. But, you know, as kids, what we would do at the cemetery, we would actually go there when our cousins come over. We'd go run around the cemetery and play hide and seek and play tag. And you don't want to hang around a cemetery when it gets dark. It's a little creepy, if you know what I mean. Or in this case, Mary came to a cemetery early in the morning. I mean, she probably was not sleeping throughout the night. She comes there. She wants to uh, address Jesus and his body and do the things that they did back in the day there. And uh, I mean, I could just imagine like Mary in this case, somebody starts talking to her early in the morning when she's by herself at a cemetery. I don't know about you. I'll be spooked. I mean, I, I just remember as a kid running around, our parents always told us, don't step on the tombstones, the flat ones, because you're going to fall through. So we made sure we did not step. And any extra noise at a cemetery, I mean, it would freak you out. You know, you run home to change clothes because, you know, it's scary. And we see Mary here, she shows up at a tomb. And it's so interesting, she shows up, the Bible shows us that she's disappointed Everything she hoped for died three days earlier on a cross. Everything she put her hope in, in everything that she desired for, everything that she had, she put all her eggs in this basket. He died on the cross three days earlier, and she's coming in disappointment. She's coming in just uh, in in, uh, in pain. She's coming in disbelief. She didn't even think twice about Jesus coming back to life. You know, what's interesting is disappointment will often lead us to a place of disbelief. Disappointment will actually lead us to a place, well, Lord, I thought my life was going to go this way, but it ended up being another way. I thought this relationship was going to be positive, but it ended up being negative. Have you ever been disappointed in Jesus? We want to admit this, but this is a very important question. You see, some of us have trusted in Jesus one part of our lives, and it still seems to lead us to a tomb. Just like Mary, she trusted Jesus. She had hope in Jesus. She put all her eggs in that basket, right? And she ended up coming to a cemetery, a place where there was a dead end, A place that there shouldn't be anybody alive. A place that she came to the end of herself, what she hoped for, and she's disappointed. A dead end, hopeless situation, unmet goals, failed relationships. Maybe it's trusting in God. Lord, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance. And then things don't go the way we think they should go when we find ourselves at a dead end. You guys been there before? right many times we 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 go through this as humans and it's interesting that mary she goes back to the tomb you know sometimes as people we have a tendency when things get tough when we get disappointed when we get let down to run back to or to revisit our disappointments to revisit bad situ- to revisit those things that should be long buried and gone We come back to the place where they are. But I have good news for us, that Jesus met Mary in the cemetery. Jesus met Mary at the grave. Come on. Jesus is not offended by your struggles. Jesus is not offended by your pain and by your doubt. You might be here this morning saying, I can't believe, persuade me. I'm an agnostic, I'm a skeptic, listen, it's okay, Jesus is not scared of that, he's not offended of your doubt, he's not offended of your struggle and your disappointment, matter of fact, because of Easter, he can meet you there, because of Easter, he rose from the grave, you see, everything that you try to do yourself, it might end up at the cemetery, Jesus is like, I love you too much. So that you continue soaking without me in the grave. I'm going to meet you there and I'm going to call you by name. Somebody needs to know that Jesus knows your name. He knows your email address, your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram. Even if you call yourself furry bunny on Instagram, whatever it is, you can cover up before people. I don't know why I said that because it's Easter. Call out the bunnies. Right? You can call yourself whatever you want, but Jesus knows who you are. And I just love that about him. Let's give the Lord a hand. God is so good. We see here, he meets her there. He calls her out by name. He actually asks her two questions such profound questions. The first one is, You guys ready? Why are you crying? I live in a household of girls. I have two daughters, a four-year-old and a six-year-old, going to be six soon, and obviously, uh, and, and with my wife, and, and, but it's the girls I want to focus on because I got to ask them that sometimes. There are so much emotions in those little bodies of theirs where they just don't get their nap time, and they're walking down the hallway eating a lollipop and crying, and you're like, why are you crying? You have sugar in your hand. I mean, you should be excited. I mean, parents have fed you, have dressed you, take you to church for three services each Sunday. I mean, what else not to love about life? I mean, come on, you don't have any debt. Everything is perfect. Your car seats are on leather seats in your mom's car. Everything's great. If only you know how bad it could be. And yet you're crying. We see here, Jesus is literally asking Mary, the angels and Jesus, I'm like, hey, Mary, why are you crying? Why are you crying? A time where she should be rejoicing, she's crying. You see, what happened a few days before is that Jesus, he died on the cross for all sin. All sins of the past, the present, the future. He rose from the dead. Atonement has been made. The power of sin was defeated. Jesus took the keys to death and Hades. Heaven is rejoicing and Mary is weeping. Why? Because she had disappointment in her heart. Because there was a doubt in her heart. There was a disappointment in her heart. You know, fact is that disappointment over circumstances in our past or present can cause you to miss the fact that Jesus is with you right now. Jesus was right there with her. He was right there behind her. She didn't even get spooked when somebody spoke from inside the tomb or from behind her. She just like acted like it was casual. Why? She was just, uh, she was blinded by disappointment. Think of that. She was so paralyzed by what she was going through that all her hopes were broken, that going through this pandemic that we went to two years ago, right, this pandemic, the world is going, it's just dying, and everybody's getting sick, and all these things happen, a person can get into this place in their mind that they're so disappointed, they're so distraught to where they miss even crazy things happening right in front of their nose, You know, throughout this last couple years, there was, there's article that came up, and it was like, news stations were talking about, and other things, and you know what it was? It was about um, um, a UFO, like, a UFO identified in the sky somewhere, like, you know, uh, flying, unidentified flying objects, and all these things, and I remember this article, when 10 years ago, if this came out, this would have been like, whoa, I told you, see aliens, whatever, all these things, all of a sudden, because of the pandemic, because people were focused on the pain, on the hurt, on the emotion media this article came out and the news stations talked about it that air the air force was taught the navy was talking about it and people really didn't care (laughs) they had bigger fish to fry they had a pandemic to deal with who cares about the ufos aren't we aren't we funny sometimes like that as people and we see mary here she's so distraught she's so broken she's struggling that she totally misses Jesus calling her name or being right there behind her. She totally forgets what he taught about himself, totally forgets what she's got, what, what's actually perspiring because she's disappointed. You know, because of Easter, we don't have to struggle alone. Because of Easter, we don't have to be disappointed alone. You see, the fact of the matter is, Mary, she was in pain. Mary, she was hurting. Mary, uh, anyone that has lost someone that they love, we go back where we go, and some, we, go, we go sit at the same, we remember where they lie, and we want to talk to them, we want to spend some time with them. I believe Mary, as she was, just like any of us would, as she was headed to the tomb of Jesus, she was thinking, well, if only I can express myself there. If only I could be there. If only I could just say how I feel. If only I could give him still my best. He blessed me so much. He pulled me out of sin. He pulled me out of all these addictions and troubles. And she is going with this expectation. And all of a sudden she finds the tomb empty. Everything she desired is gone. And so she literally tells the angels and the gardener that she thought at the time, Tell me where you put him. I want to go bring him back. Just think about that. How are you going to bring him back? By yourself. Like what she's saying is like irrational. doesn't make sense. Why? Because she's blinded by disappointment. I'm so happy that because of Easter, we don't have to struggle alone. We don't have to struggle because why? In the midst of our pain, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our disappointment, Jesus is there. And Jesus is saying, why are you crying? (laughs) Jesus is saying, hello, I'm right here. Hello, I've never left you. I've been here the whole time. You know what I love about the Easter story? Is that the empty tomb changes everything. Because now God is with us. And we are not alone. Through thick and through the thin. Through sickness and in health through divorce and through marriage, come on, through job loss and when we find a job, through the pandemic and other things, Jesus is with us and he's calling our name. Because of Easter, everything has changed. Everything has changed. He asks her, why are you crying? I'm here with you and I'm gonna make my plan unfold in your life. The second question she's asked is, who are you looking for? Now think about this. Was Jesus asking because he did not know? No. Jesus was asking on Mary's behalf. Jesus was asking because he knew why she was there. He was trying to get her attention. Who are you looking for? Such a profound question. You know, disappointment and discouragement can cause us to forget what we had previously been set on. Some time ago, I've... I met a man, and for just the sake of the story, I'll call him Bill. And I was doing service calls at that time. I remember I came to Bill's house, and, um, you know, Bill was going through some pain. He was discouraged. Bill lost his wife a few years prior, I think it was a year or two prior to me meeting him remember I came on a service call I remember looking at his fridge and trying to fix it and do the you know different things and and you could just see there' empty bottles all over the house he was just he was in a downward spiral of just becoming an alcoholic he was drinking more than he should and uh, you know Bill it started with just drinking and, and being really distraught not showing up to work on time then not going to work at all getting kicked out of his good paying job stop paying his rent all these things went downward spiral stop getting out of the house because because he was just so overtaken by what had perspired and what had happened. Um, sometime later, I found out from, I came back a year later to that same home for another job, and, and I remember talking to the new owners of the house, and they told me the end of the story that actually uh, Bill, his kids, found out about his um, depression and where he was at, and they actually um, helped sell, him, sell his house, moved him to the East Coast where they were, and uh, found him a rehab center to go to. But um, he couldn't do it on his own. He was blinded by the pain. He was blinded by the pain of losing his wife. You know, the pain of his journey, it caused him to lose sight of what was actually going on and what he was actually going through. You know, oftentimes pain will rob us of our focus. Pain will change your perspective. Pain will reorder your priorities. And when you're going through, it's very hard to understand. And from the side, someone from the outside like this man's children, they saw the problem and they started making steps to fix it. And at the moment, Bill did not understand where he was at because he was in pain and he was blinded to the facts. He was blinded that his kids needed him. He was blinded that he needed to pay his bill. He was blinded to the immediate things. And most of all, he was blinded is that if you just give Jesus a chance, he would reach out and help you through it. I just love that. I love that about Jesus is that he's not ashamed and not scared of our pain and our disappointments. He meets us at the grave. He meets us at our most lowest moments and he reaches out to us. I talked to um, someone, my, my wife and I, we went on a little mini date yesterday. You know, we did what you do on dates as couples. We acted goofy and ran around, got coffee and really we just we're blessed to be without the kids at a babysitter and uh we just we just took some downtime just going all week and just a couple hours and i remember just we walked into a mattress shop even though we don't need a mattress we just like hey honey let's go check out some mattresses okay and I, and i went down we went in there and and of course i got my invite cards on me like i always do and uh and we walked in there and talked to this amazing gentleman that helped us out and and we told him right off the bat we were just tire kicking, you know, we were mattress shopping, we weren't really going to probably buy anything, but we We chatted and then he gave us his card and so I whipped out and gave him my card and invited him to church right and so I invited him to church and and uh, we started talking and he started snickering and laughing and saying well my mom is always telling me to go to church and and uh, I'm just not ready to go to church and if I come to church um I don't know what's gonna happen to me I might disappear or you know God's gonna smite me from heaven and other things right and he looked at his shame at his lifestyle he's like well it doesn't follow what my mom's telling me to do so he's like I sort of believe in a God, and I might try him out when I get older. I might try him out later on in life when I have nothing to lose. And I just piped up and told him, hey, that time might never come. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, right? The crazy world we live in today, I mean, the things that we can go through, I mean, we need Jesus to go to Walmart. We need Jesus to, to go across the street, right? I mean, this last year has shown us some crazy things. I mean, we had masks and vaccines and crazy elections and, and oh my God, there's so much different things going on that you would never believe and put it on and take it off and put three on and, and, you know, and get vaccinated, one vaccine and the second and the third and all these things. And people are running with their heads cut off because they don't know where hope lies. They don't know what to do, but I'm so glad that Jesus came. And I'm so glad that he raised from the dead and that he's not offended of our craziness. He meets us where we are. He's right there in the middle of it. You know, maybe you're a Christmas and an Easter person. Maybe you're a brand new in the area. Maybe you're disappointed in Jesus. But beneath all those layers, regardless where you find yourself, I believe God is asking you today, what are you looking for I bet that, I, I, I know that same question is asked of us today. What are you looking for? You know, because beneath the layers of who we are and our identity and what we've built ourselves to be, you know, I, 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 I'm an engineer or I'm whatever, whatever our career is, sometimes that's what we identify ourselves with is our career. Whatever we are, whatever we've drawn ourselves to be, I'm an agnostic. I don't believe. I might come to God afterwards. I believe that within us is a soul And is a spiritual man, that's yearning for Jesus. That's yearning for God. And I believe the soul would answer and say, I'm looking for Jesus. I believe that inner man would answer and say, I'm looking for Jesus. You know, I got good news for us. That today, doubt, it can turn to faith. Death can turn to life. Disappointment. Can turn into hope. Come on. Blindness can turn into sight. Jesus is in the business of opening people's eyes. And he knows your name. He knows your name. You see, Mary's perspective, it shifted internally from I can't believe it to I can believe it. I'm so glad that we serve a God that knows, the Bible says, how many hair is on our head, or the lack of hair is on our head. I mean, he knows everything about us. He knows when we go to sleep and when we wake up. He knows what kind of coffee you drink or decaf. Oh, man, God bless you if you drink decaf. But whatever you, whatever you do, God knows who you are, and he's calling you out by name. I just love that about him. He loves you too much to keep you where you are. He loves you too much to keep you in discouragement. And he's going to continue wooing you and calling you out by name. Martha, Mary, Joseph, Paul, Sandra, Paco, whatever your name is. He's calling your name out because he loves you. And your eyes can be opened just like Mary's did. You know, factually the situation didn't immediately change. But her eyes were open to the reality. Oftentimes, we're looking for a quick fix. We're looking for a shift. God, if only you would lead my life this way that I imagined it to go. And we we try to make these things in our mind that, like Mary, she hoped that Jesus would be the answer. She hoped that he would reign, you know, a physical reign over the Romans. She hoped all these things like many other people did. But things went a different route. But as her eyes were open, she became from a doubter became a believer in one instance when she heard her name being called. The situation did not change but her perspective of what Jesus was doing did. And my second point is I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. You know what's awesome is that We as believers, we talk about the cross a lot. And praise God for the cross because that's the meat and potatoes of our faith, right? That's where the the sin got nailed to the cross. That's where atonement happened. That's where healing flows from. Everything happened and God dealt with sin on the cross. But if that was the end of the story, our faith would be empty. Our faith would be void. Because the Bible says three days later, There was an empty tomb, and out of the empty tomb, God validated himself as God. You see, the cross is great, but the empty tomb validated everything that Jesus said about himself. Many people believe that there was a cross. Many people believe that Jesus was around. Many, even secular books talk about Jesus as being a good teacher, and maybe even a prophet. But you see, the fact of the matter is, because of Easter... Because of the empty tomb, everything now that Jesus has spoken about himself, everything that was spoken about Jesus, all of a sudden comes to life and is true, and you could take it to your bank and cash on it. Why? Because there was an empty grave. The cross, listen carefully, proved that he loved us. But the empty tomb proved that he was God. The cross proves his love for us. His son was given for humanity, but the empty tomb proved that he was God. If there is an empty tomb, there is a Lord Jesus. And if there is a Lord Jesus, that means no virus, no pandemic, no mandate, no nothing can stop the power of God from reigning in the world. Some of us, we've come to church today, and the question rises: who are you looking for? Some of us, we don't realize we just need to hear some promises that God read over our lives. I want to read a few promises over your life right now. This is scripture, promises that you can stand on. Romans 8.28, this is what it says. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Everything is going to work for good in your life. Jesus is right there in the midst of all your drama all your problems, all your mistakes. You think God doesn't know about the war in Ukraine right now? You think it caught him by surprise? You think he doesn't know what you're struggling with, what you're going through? You don't got to hide it from him. He's right there with you. Bible says all things work together for good. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to Mary either. Deuteronomy 31.6, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the lord your god will personally go ahead of you he will neither fail you nor abandon you so good to hear he's with you he's never going to forsake you why there's an empty tomb there is an empty tomb psalm 34:18 the lord is close to the brokenhearted he rescues he rescues he rescues he rescues, doesn't matter what skin color you have. He rescues, doesn't matter how good of a Christian you are. He rescues, doesn't matter where you live and if your parents are believers. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He rescues. John sixteen thirty three. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Jesus, you don't got to persuade us. We know about that. Last couple of years have shown us many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. God deserves a hand. Let's give him a hand. Because of Easter, everything changes. We cannot lose sight of the fact that because Jesus is alive, everything has changed. He's with us. He is with us and He is with us. And what I love about Scripture is that God knew that humanity were weak sometimes and we need extra proof of the things that He does. And the Bible talks about there were people, religious people of that day, that tried to cover it up that He raised from the dead because they hated Him. But you know, that couldn't stop Jesus. They paid off soldiers not to speak and say disciples, stole his body. But the Bible confirms that there were hundreds, listen, hundreds of people, believers and non-believers that Jesus revealed himself to. The Bible says even at one time there was a couple hundred people gathered and Jesus revealed himself to them. His followers and people that maybe were doubting him as well. Jesus revealed himself. You might be here today and you're proud of yourself. Oh, I invited somebody to church. Uh, they need Easter. They need Jesus. Listen, we all need Jesus. Easter is not only for the agnostic and the skeptic, but it's for the believer it's for the person that you've been going through some things just like the disciples at one point they walked with jesus they talked with jesus they saw him heal they saw his ministry but then things happened that they did not expect and it led him to a tomb but by the way that was empty and they were so blinded by their disappointment that they couldn't realize what jesus was doing and jesus needed to call them by name to open their eyes I'm gonna to preach to this side. This side's quiet. Listen, Jesus is in the business of opening eyes today. He wants to open your eyes. You could be a believer for 20 years, He wants to open your eyes. Maybe you're discouraged with, your, with what things have become, with your kids, life has become, circumstances has become. He wants to open your eyes. He's there, He's right there with you. Because of Easter, he can be right there present with you. He's not offended of your struggle, of your situation, of your addiction, of your mistake, of your sin, of your mishap. He says, I love you, and I love you too much to keep you the same. And maybe you're here, and you're saying, I I, I can't believe it. (laughs) I can't believe it. I believe God wants to change your heart, too. I believe it. Just like Mary. She believed it. I believe today as we conclude service, God is going to open up eyes of many of us. He's going to open up eyes. You might doubt, but if you just allow and surrender your heart to Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my life. Open my eyes. All of a sudden, something's going to shift and your eyes are going to be open. You might not see fire from heaven and angels singing and and a, and a, a staircase up to heaven right away. Listen, but your perspective will change of what you are going through. Your perspective of your situation, of the thing that seems so unbearable, seems so hard to deal with, is going to shift. And you're going to hear your name called and all of a sudden your eyes are going to be open. As you surrender your life to him. As we conclude, I want to say this last statement. Maybe you find yourself in a cemetery today a cemetery of your past, things you've buried, things you've settled on. Maybe God is stirring something within you and challenging you to bring that to him, bring that situation. You've been, you've been grave digging. You've been running around the cemetery doing crazy things. You've been only remembering 1976. You've been remembering what happened there, and that's stopping you from seeing what God is trying to do today in your life. And he's saying, hey, wake up. Mary, open your eyes. I'm here with you. And you don't have to struggle. You don't have to go through this. Because I was raised from the grave. And I sit at the right hand of the Father interceding on your behalf. Because I love you. With every head bowed, eye closed, just wherever you are, regardless where you are in your journey, if you recognize... That you need your eyes open. If you recognize you're in pain, maybe it's hard to express that sometimes to people. But you need a touch from God. You want to, your eyes open. Just wherever you are, slip your hand up with me. And we'll surrender to Jesus together. Just wherever you are, I see those hands in the, front, in the back, in the front, all over the room. Slip your hand up boldly before the Lord. Jesus, open my eyes. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's stand to our feet right now. And if you would, follow me in this prayer of surrender. You know, there's power in surrendering and just speaking words. The Bible says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. We're going to do some confession right now, all right? Good old Protestant confession. <laughs> We're going to confess some truths right now. We're going to surrender to Jesus. Would you join me in this prayer of surrender? So, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, in need of a Savior, I surrender my life. Have your way in me. And Jesus, open my eyes. In Jesus' name, that I may see your goodness and declare your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. God is so good. We're going to have a song of worship right now. And I believe during this time, God is going to open eyes. I believe during this time, those that are surrendering, God is going to open your eyes. If you need prayer, there's prayer teams up here. Listen, don't hold anything back. Leave it all on the altar today. Before him, he loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. Let's not hurry out of this place. Let's just soak in some worship.